What's going on, people? This is your boy, Michael O, your chief motivational officer. Listen, I am excited to bring you a brand new podcast, Moving Mountains, hosted by myself. Find me on Spotify, find us on iTunes, find us on YouTube. Connect with us, Moving Mountains Podcast. What's going on, people, man? Welcome back to Moving Mountains Podcast. I am your host, Michael O. This is Motivational Mondays. This is where I come just on my solo, I talk to you about my thoughts, I share with you some of the things, some of the principles I've used in my life, things that I'm learning in my life that will hopefully uplift, motivate and inspire you on your own journey. Listen guys, man, I'm loving all the feedback that we've, we've been receiving so far. It's literally motivating to me because obviously sometimes I'm sitting here, I'm talking into the mic, I'm looking into this camera, I don't know who else is out there on the other side that's getting something from it. But when I get all the DMs and I get all the reviews that you guys are leaving, and by the way, you know, if you haven't done so already, please do leave a review. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, on YouTube, make sure you're leaving a review. Make sure you're feeding us back so that we know um, how you're enjoying this, how you're taking all of this, all of this good stuff that I'm sharing. I did a video when I turned 30. So I just turned 34. When I did a video, I uh, recorded a YouTube video. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, hop onto YouTube, look for Michael Lowe, YouTube and have a look at it. And I did and I, I did a video called Five Things I Wish I Knew Before I Turned 30. And during this time, I went back and I looked at those five things and to see if my value systems are still in alignment with those um, five things that I shared, you know, if I was talking to my younger self. And I'll tell you, man, <laughs> um, there was probably maybe one thing on that list that is still currently valid in my life. And it's such a beautiful thing when you grow, it's such a beautiful thing. When you when you go through that that experience and that journey, and you look back over your life, and you can just see the growth and the things that used to matter n don't necessarily matter anymore. So I'm going to be sharing with you on this occasion four things, four things at this current stage of my life that I wish I had told my younger self. Um, and so I hope this is going to be uh, beneficial to you as well. The first thing that I have come to learn, oh my goodness, listen, I am so happy everybody's out there getting their bag these days. Please get your bag. But for me at this stage of my life, happiness is the real bag. I can't begin to explain to you. Look, once upon a time, I was super stuck. I wanted to acquire all the material things. You know, it was always the next car, the next big house, the next watch, the next this and that, and whatever was hot out, out, out there. That was my primary motivation. You know, it was the acquisition of more and more and more. And don't get me wrong. Listen, I still have those nice things. I still, I still you know, acquire those nice things every now and again. But they're no longer my motivation. My focus right now at this at this point in my life, oh my God, I want to move mountains. <laughs> I want to move mountains. My motivation for doing these things that I that I that I do now is completely different. My identity is no longer tied to any of those things. My, listen, right now in this stage of my life, I value peace and happiness. Listen, when you are able to go to sleep, when you want to, you just want to wake up and be surrounded by people whose motives don't have to be questioned. You just want to wake up and be surrounded by people who genuinely care about you. You just want to spend time with people who you know have no ulterior motives, people who are genuinely looking, up, looking out for you, people who genuinely want you to succeed and be prosperous in life. That is the real bag for me. It is for me, being happy. And of course, as, you know, as this podcast goes on, I'm going to talk a little bit more about happiness because I feel like the world is collectively approaching this um, collective consciousness where we talk about happiness a lot. In some respects, the older generation will say that it's making us softer because we no longer want to do things that don't make us happy. 
And there is there is a balance. There is a balance that needs to be stricken when you're talking about happiness. Um, happiness is not necessarily sleeping on your couch all day and not applying yourself or doing off doing anything and going after any of those. So I'm going to talk about a little bit more about about um, happiness as 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 we go on. But I love happiness. I love peace. I love not having a care in this world. And I've realized that in this state, it actually attracts more and more of the things that I used to chase after me. That's the beautiful thing that I have now learned in my life, which is which is so life-changing. Anytime you put anything on your vision board or on whatever else that you want to attract, whether you're trying to attract a big house or a car or a job or what a career, whatever it is that you want to attract, a lot of the times we want to attract these things because we believe truly that we are going to get some kind of happiness, some kind of joy once we attain it. That happiness that we attain when you acquire, when you are able to achieve any of the goals that you've set on your list, it's quite fleeting. But if you are able to find a place in yourself to be content with who you are right now, be content with the person that you have become, be content with the be content with the experiences that you have developed and garnered so far, and you are able to truly find a place of happiness in that, you will, you will then start to vibrate on a place of happiness where you would naturally and easily and effortlessly start to attract the things that you were once upon chasing anyway. I hope that's, that makes sense. But that's where I've come to stay. That's where I've come to reach in my life, where I was like, you know what? If I'm able to achieve X and X and X and X and X, then I will be happy. Man, I couldn't give a shit about those things anymore. I simply pursue happy. I simply pursue the state, constant state of feeling good. Once I feel good, I'm able to do things. I'm able to receive inspiration. I'm able to get out of my own resistance. I'm able to not create any more resistance. And if you're not creating any more resistance, you're simply in the state of allowing. Allowing what? Allowing all the good things that you desire to come to you. So for me, man, y'all can be out there getting all the bags that you want. For me, at this stage of my life, happiness is the real bag for me. Number two, creativity is my only way of expression. I mean, I've been very lucky from when I was 19 to be able to do jobs, work jobs and, and, and have a career that I'm able to apply what I consider to be my talent and my skills and all of that wonderful stuff. So I've, I've been really true to this, but now looking back, I couldn't live my life any other way. I could only live my life from a place of creativity. I love producing great work. I have always, I'm always producing something. I'm always producing a TV show. I'm producing a podcast. I'm producing an animation. I'm producing something. And what that allows me to be able to do is it allows me to be able to connect with the deepest extensions of me, right? You are not meant to be stuck doing mundane jobs that, did, that don't light you up. Your entire reason for being on this human experience is to figure out what the greatest parts of you are that brings you joy and share that with the world, right? You weren't meant to be stuck doing jobs or tasks that diminished your spirit and don't uplift your soul. Work is about finding the thing where your passion and your interests intersect. It was never about the highest paying job that sucks the life out of you. And I can see that more and more now as I look at my peers who continue to go to university and continue to do things that they thought, continue to um, pursue degrees and jobs that they thought was going to make them a lot of money. And that was the main goal. Well, they've been making money for 10 years now, <laughs> right? Since they came out of university. And a lot of them are miserable. A lot of them 
are now at the stage in their lives where they're looking to make a career change because you can't live like that forever. If you're living in a way that does not where your interest and your your passions don't intersect, if you're not living in a way that allows you to be the most creative, highest form of yourself, where's the joy in that? You're just existing. You're not even living because you're not tapping into the deepest talents and the deepest gifts on the inside of you that makes you unique, right? So... That's the second thing for me. The third thing for me that I have discovered at this area of my life, man, never stop taking risks. Never stop taking risks, man. I remember when I, when I was in my 20s, taking risks was a, it was a natural, I mean, when you're, when you're in your 20s, you're inexperienced. Um, you just believe that you're going to start a, a business and within three days, it's going to blow up and become, Microsoft is going to come and buy it for 25 to $50 million. You had all these ideas, right? Um, and, and the reality is now looking back on it, we were onto something, right? We were onto something. It wasn't all dumb. It wasn't all bad. We had a certain zest for life. We had a certain hunger. We had a certain desire. And that was fueling us now as time goes on and you get into your 30s and you start to get a mortgage and you get a family you get some children you stuck them in, you stick them in private school you're you start to you start to lose your risk averseness more and more and i have started to i have realized that this is the most dangerous way you can live man in 2022 the only thing that's risky is actually not taking risks. The world is growing and improving at such a fast state that if you don't take risks to keep up with it, look, when you're in your 30s, when you're in your 40s, when you're in your 50s, when you're in your 60s and going forward, now what you have, when I'm, when I'm going into a new pursuit now at age 34, right, even if it's something that I haven't done before, I am not going into anything right now with no experience. I'm going in. I started my first business when I was 19. So I'm going into any endeavor that I'm doing right now. I am going in with 15 years worth of wisdom, 15 years worth of experience, 15 years worth of trial and error that I can now impact into the next year of my life. And so, of course, everything that you're going to, in fact, when you're taking risks into, in, in, in your 30s and 40s and beyond, you're actually taking more calculated risks. You're actually being a lot smarter in the things that you're doing because of the experience that life has shown you over the last few years. So you have actually a greater chance. At, when, when you look at, you, you actually have a greater chance. When you look at the statistics, a lot of people who tend to start businesses in their 30s tend to get a lot more success than people who did when they were in their 20s, right? And, and when I look back at it, it makes sense. Because when you're in your 30s, you have lived a little, right? You have done some of the dumb shit that you did in your, in your 20s. You're able to glean from the wisdom and the experience that you got from your 20s. And you're able to impact that onto the next decade, couple of decades, and the rest of your life. And so taking risks is something that you should never, ever, ever sh um, shy away from. Do not allow fear to, um, to stop you from taking risks. But you can't also live in a way where you can't, take risks that's just something that you can't afford to that that youthfulness that um like I heard, I heard somebody I heard somebody say to me um a few years ago he says if you want to be successful I was interviewing um this guy who just sold his tech company and I said to him and and this was his I think this was his eighth company 
that he had just managed to succeed. And he and, and I kept saying to him, I'm like, dude, you have failed seven times. You have failed at seven businesses already. By my calculation, you're shit at business, right? <laughs> yeah, but but he went on and sold his eighth business for tens of millions. And he says to me, look, if you want to be successful in anything in life, if you want to be successful at this thing called business or entrepreneurship, whatever pursuits, whatever endeavors that you may be going on, you need to live like you've got amnesia. What is amnesia? It is going to bed and waking up and forgetting exactly what happened yesterday. You need to forget your, the failures. You need, to, you need to live as if you've never failed before. You can't allow the failures and the doubts from yesteryear or from pre previous experiences to cripple you from taking those chances again. And that's really important. You need to live every day. Like there's, there's the saying that says you fall seven, you know, fall seven times, get back, get, get back up eight times. It's just the way you have to live. You can't allow any situation to cripple you from taking those chances again. You can't, you can't allow, you can't afford to not live and take risks. That will always be, that will always, it's a, it's a muscle. And the more you do it, the bigger it develops and the more powerful it becomes. And the more you start to trust your own intuition and your own intellect and your own risk muscles, right? Because at every given point, life is going to continue to change. We are no longer at the stage in, in life where you could have a job for 25 years and, you know, go on pension and that's over. We can't live like that anymore. The world just doesn't work like that anymore. anymore. So you have to continue to develop this risk um, this this risk factor in your life. Of course, be smarter. Like when I was in my 20s, I, I also had this motto that I live by. And until this day, I live by this motto. And that is ready, fire, aim. Ready, fire, aim. And the reason I fire before I aim is because the majority of people who want to do anything in life are stuck at the aiming stage. I know people who have written and rewritten their business plan 25 times and still haven't stepped out on day one to actually start the business, right? And so for me, for every 500 reasons you can find as to why something is not going to work, all you need is one reason why it's going to work. And so for me, I like to commit. I like to fire, right? bump my head, bruise my head, I'm, I'm struggling for my breath and then I find out where the next breath is going to come from because at this point, now I am already committed to the process. Once you're committed to the process, you can find a way to make it work on the job. There is absolutely no pursuit, no endeavor that you're going to um, embark on where you're going to have all of the 10 steps figured out before you step out on step one. You have to take step one. It is in step one that you find out what step two is going to be. It is after taking step two that you get step three revealed to you. You learn on the job, right? And, and there will be 500 to 5,000 reasons as to why something is not going to work. My thing is, there are no bad, there are no bad ideas. There are, it's, there are simply bad execution of ideas. And if you execute something and it doesn't work, there are 26 letters in the alphabet. Once you have exhausted that, you can start again and you can do A point A, <laughs> A point B, A point C. That will take you out to infinity. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Don't ever allow life to, to suck the, that, that youthfulness out of you. And number four, and this is, this, is a really, this is a really important one for me. Make investing a way of life.
man, we grow up in a school and an educational system that tells you to get a good career, get a good paying job so that you can have good savings and a good lifestyle. That's the formula that we were taught. That's what, you know, and, and those of us who wanted to push the envelope a little bit, what did we end up becoming? We ended up becoming business owners, right? So that we can make a little bit more money than your average, average person so that we can acquire the things that we want. Very few of us learned investing as a way of life. The way the world is set up these days, investing is a necessary skill just like swimming, right? You need to learn to walk. You need to learn to speak, read and write. You need to learn to swim. Black people. <laughs> Black people. Swimming is a skill. It's a necessary skill in life. I beg. If you can't swim, go find some swimming lessons. I beg you. <laughs> Stop making these stereotypes real. And once you've learned to swim, you need to learn to invest. Investing is not a luxury. It's not something that is reserved for people on Wall Street or for traders anymore. It is for people like you and me who want to have a life, a lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle. If you want to... If you want any chance at all, even the slightest chance at financial freedom in your life, you can't fund your lifestyle with your earnings. I don't care whether that those earnings are coming from a well-paying job or from a well-paying business. If you are having to use your active earnings, your active capital to fund your lifestyle, you are headed for trouble. And especially as we're living in these as we're living in these times right now where we are probably in a recession or heading to one or something of the sort, it just continues to show that whatever job, whatever business we've seen from this pandemic, right? We've seen already, right? So you need opportunities. You need to be able to tap into something that's bigger than where you are right now. So I'm going to share with you some of my investment, some of the investment techniques that I've used on, on my journey, some of the things that I've there are more. I'll probably do a, a, another podcast where I'll list maybe 15 opportunities that you can invest in to be able to create passive income. For some people, you know, I know some of my friends who do very well in property. Um, I, I know people who do well in stocks. People do well in crypto. People do well in index funds. Where you are able to create some kind of passive income from, from, from the dividends um, so that you're not using your own money to be able to to be able to fund your lifestyle because that's that's where you're you're heading you're heading for the rocks right so I'll share with you three of my favorites the the first one is property good old brick and mortar property will never go out of fashion this is where you invest a certain amount of money usually around 10 to 20 percent of the value of the property which you acquire with a mortgage you can either do this alone or you can do it with one or more partners who you trust. Considering the rising levels of property prices in proportion to most of people's income at the moment, it is probably advisable to partner up um, with a couple of people if you don't have the capital readily available. You know, the average house price, in, and this is actually shocking when I was doing the research, man, but the average house price in London is around 650000 So you would require around six hundred and fifty to one hundred and thirty k as your deposit if you went in a loan. Prices on other parts of England are about half that price. So, you know, research and figure out what's best for you. But the general idea is to acquire property, rent it out, either to a single person or family, or let out the rooms individually to multiple people, use that rental income to cover the mortgage on the property while it also continues to accrue, um, accrue in value, grow, grow, grow in value, 
and then you use the supplement to the surplus to supplement your own lifestyle. You repeat over and over again until the surplus income is able to cover your basic living costs. And voila, you no longer have to use your own money and your own income to pay for your lifestyle. And, and then you can even invest in more money. I like the idea. Look, I like the idea. Some, somebody said, I heard somebody say years ago, I think it was maybe Jim Rohn. He said, if you are unable to save money, then the seed of greatness is not even in you. That's really powerful. But I will go on to stay even further. In 2022, if you do not have the discipline and know how to invest, the seed of greatness is not in you. Because saving money to save money is the quickest way to go to hell, right? Because the rate of inflation is growing faster than your savings account. So if you have 10,000 pounds sitting there when there is inflation roundabout going up roundabout 4%, and that's been very generous. Inflation is going a lot higher than that right now. But if it's going up 4% this year, um, a, a, a year, that means every year you are losing hundreds and hundreds of buying power of your money. So 10,000 pounds in four years, five years time, will only be able to worth about 6,000 pounds. That's a drastic amount of money to lose. So, you, so, so, for, so for me, right now in this day and age, you need something, you need to invest just so you can survive. That's how deep it is. If you want your 100,000 to have the same power in four, five, six, seven years time, you need to be able to put it in some kind of um, inflation hedge, something that is providing you a value and a return on investment that is higher and greater than the rate of inflation. So beyond right, so beyond right now, it is beyond something to to, to just become rich. <laughs> if you want to be comfortable at the at the basis level, you need to be investing. So number one for me is property. Number two, second investment tip for me that I like is stocks, right? But most especially, I want to tell you about dividend stocks, right? I like I like stocks. I, I've invested independently in buying stocks from companies like Tesla, Apple, Coinbase, Meta, form, formerly, formerly Facebook, and Alibaba. Those are some of my favorite. I mean, Amazon and Google are great stocks to buy as well, probably Probably now. Listen, this is not investment advice, and I'm just telling you what I do. Uh, do your own research, but these are some of the things that I like to do. Um, but you know, for for me, these are some of the. Th and, and over the time, over time, I have made money, and occasionally have wanted to sell, but I have made a, I would have made at a loss. So I just write things out over a period of one year. I've probably made about four hundred percent from Tesla. Whereas Apple was a steady 20 to 30%. These are pretty great returns, but they also come with a risk of losing the same in the negative direction. If then there's a negative article in the in the newspapers, CNBC or Forbes or any of business insider, they post something negative, that could affect the uh, the price of your stocks. <clears throat> and think things could go in, in the negative direction. I accept those are some of the risks that I have to take for the path that I have chosen. I go with it and I am fine with it. If you're somebody who's a bit more risk averse, there is another thing that you could do. Um, you can you can opt for dividend yielding stocks like the S&P 500, right? Where you are guaranteed a fixed amount <clears throat> of return every quarter. The return is usually around 2% for the lower risk stocks and around 4.5% a quarter for higher risk stocks. But in this case, the fund is essentially doing the investing for you. They're using your money 
coupled with their know-how, their knowledge, their expertise, and you receive a fixed amount of return of, of investment every quarter in proportion to the yield in the company's share price over a period of time. Yeah, so it's a def it's definitely safer than doing it individually if you don't have any experience and especially if you don't have the time or the interest to learn how these stocks work. Just go for the S&P 500 or a similar index fund where you are having a fixed return of investment every quarter. You know your piece is going to come. It will come a, it's a little bit slower than if you're doing it yourself, but it's coming. The goal here is to create passive income. The goal here is to be able to create something other than your active income from your job or business <clears throat> so that you can have, you can start taking t steps towards financial freedom, yeah? And the third tip that I'm going to show on here, crypto and NFTs. If you watch any of my videos, if you listen to the podcast, you know this is rare. This is why I get really excited. <laughs> I love crypto. I love crypto and NFTs for, for, for reasons that go beyond them being great investments. I just see the direction that Web3 and blockchain is heading and it's taking the world along with it. And I'm just excited to be a part of um, or be involved in that process because I just see the opportunities that are coming. There are a lot of people who talk about crypto trading. I'm definitely more of an investor than trading. I usually commit between nine to 12 months or more in any particular coin or project that I, that I choose to, to invest in. But for me, in these bear markets where and basically a bear market is when um, the prices are a lot lower and where you are likely, a lot likely to make a loss than in a aggressive bull market, which we've experienced quite largely last year and, and, and the year prior to that. However, it is still a great time to be involved in crypto. If you own Bitcoin, if you own Ethereum, for example, you could be earning around 8% APR on your portfolio through a process called staking. Staking is basically where you transfer it onto a platform like BlockFi or Nexo. You commit your coins to them for a certain and minimum period of time, which you will agree with the platform. During that time, you don't have access to your coins, but you will be earning interest on it. And it's pretty high. 8% interest is not a bad deal at all, especially in times right now where not much is happening in crypto space anyway. Markets are very bearish. It's not a great time to sell. So if you're holding assets, you might as well make a passive income on them. If you hold stable coins like Tether, i.e. also known as USDT, you could get even more. You could get around 17%. Um, so the returns are pretty good. These are some of the more straightforward techniques um, I use when it comes to creating passive income from, from crypto. There are others. I'm not going to go into all of them on this podcast. If you wanted to find out a little bit more, message me, DM me. Um, contact me directly and we can we can talk a little bit more about it. So I hope these are enough tips for you for you to kickstart your week on Motivational Mondays right here on uh, Moving Mountains podcast. Again, I appreciate you for kicking me, especially if you've been listening till the end. I really appreciate you investing this time into into me, into the platform, trusting me to be able to give you some gems for this week, man. Um, listen, I'll be back. You already know. Love. All new episodes drops every Monday and Wednesday available on all platforms.